Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you, and welcome back to the Old Ways Podcast. Uh, we are here for another recording, another episode with you, as always, Keeper Michael, and then to my right. Well, it's Lonnie, and again, I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and as always, happy to be here. Happy to be well, that's Well, we'll, we'll change that. <laughs> uh, we have a new member of the Old Ways Podcast team today, and her name is Morgan. Uh, Morgan sitting to the right of Lonnie. I play Lillian Lane, um, heiress to a Thorbird Racing Dynasty. Fancy, fancy. Ooh. At the end of the table. I'm Jack. Uh, Jack. I'm Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle, private investigator. Excellent. To his right. Uh, this is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, the group physician. Hmm. Yes. And then uh, last but most certainly not least. Uh, Tiffany and I will be playing Maeve O'Shea. Wonderful. So we are going to raise the curtain tonight on the Hotel Girard. Uh, after some initial investigations... Uh, where the doctor went out, went and checked out Emerson Imports after some work at the library was done, uh, even the New York Times. Mm-hmm. We've, we reconvene our scene and then we raise the curtain as the room to the Hotel Gerard opens and Jack Doyle walks through. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey. What did you find? Not much. Yeah, that's... Um, at least you didn't find trouble. Well, not not much. I haven't been able to track down anything about the individuals who attacked uh, the Jackson. I did track down some information about Erica Carlisle. She's she's still a socialite. She's big in the uh, social scene here. She's still running the business, import, export, munitions, things like that. But it's almost impossible to get to her. She's hard to talk to yeah she very obviously does not want to talk about her brother and the only way I could uh, get anywhere near her is to uh, meet her somewhere in a public setting but the uh, nearest one will be a week from now so getting to her her personal effects and things would be impossible yeah I don't see any way well we had a visit while you were gone oh yeah yeah, a uh, lieutenant fool of the uh, murder squad. Ah. So he tracked us down already. He he was very hesitant. And then um, he opened up and, and basically gave us a little bit of information. Um, he told us that there's, that there's cops that might be involved with this. Really? Yeah. <coughs> now, if this goes into the inside, as they say, of the police force, then there's no one we can trust. Right. 
I have also found, I went down to Emerson Imports, mm-hmm. it has led us to a place called the Juju House here in New York. The Juju House? Yeah. <clears throat> However, from what I understand, the person who runs the Juju House is not a, how do you say, uh, he is not a good person. He's not some, someone, might be someone you wish to have multiple people there to talk to, as opposed to just maybe one or two of us. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Are you okay, Mr. Shea? <laughs> this is New York weather. Right mm, it's good for the teaser. We also <laughs> talked to um, uh, Jackson's editor. He had some basic notes on a draft proposal for a book, but didn't have much beyond that. I stopped by Ramsey's office, but he wasn't in. I thought maybe he might know something since he's a business associate of Jackson's. Having the pieces of the puzzle that you have so far, uh, Miss O'Shea, you would imagine that either Jonah or Carlton Ramsey, uh, his lawyer, are probably putting together the funeral. Right. So it's reasonable to assume... Well, they already told us what the funeral was, It's tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. And we do have a funeral to attend tomorrow. Right. Don't know who will be in attendance. Well, us, uh, uh, at least. Mr. Forsyth actually has a very good idea. Hmm. We don't know who will be in attendance. This is a perfect expert. This is a perfect time to get everyone together. Anyone who has might also be a target of these men, this would be a perfect place. Uh, maybe not for an open attack, but definitely for surveillance. Well, I, I, of course, defer to your opinion. No, that's, uh, that's not a bad idea. So what does Lieutenant Poole know? Well, Lieutenant Poole, he suspects us to be the murderers, of course. He... he, he you know, he I don't he believe we were seen there and then leaving. He doesn't have any concrete evidence. He does have the license plate of the vehicle that left does in a he? hurry. Hmm. What did you tell them? Uh, Nothing. That we were that we weren't there. <laughs> okay, I just want to I just want to know what were the oh, story absolutely. is. Because I'm sure that uh, Lieutenant Poole will be there at the funeral tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I believe he said he would, actually, I believe. Uh-huh. But he wasn't averse to the idea of us asking questions as well to help him with his investigation. Well, that's something. Uh, it kind of sounds like he knows we're connected, but he doesn't believe we did it. That is the impression that I was under as well. Yeah. It does not sound like he wants to, what did they say, pin this upon us? Yeah? <coughs> what did you do, Miss O'Shea? What did you bring in? Is this, is this the wind that you brought in with a little cold? A little cold bug? You're the doctor. Have a cigarette. All right. <laughs> but have a cigarette. It's good for my teeth. <laughs> so, I'll turn to our newest member. It is a cold and blustery January in New York, Lillian. You've read some very unfortunate news. And that is that a friend of yours 
Jackson Elias, has been brutally murdered in his hotel room. The method uh, seems to be rather uh, scandalous. It isn't a simple gunshot. It isn't uh, a strangulation. It reports are that he was butchered. He was um, carved open. And there are there's even a report in the paper that says that he might have markings on his body that were much like ones that were found on other bodies. But the, the person who did those killings is in prison. It's very mysterious. And from your, from your apartment, um, taking in the morning of the 16th, you probably feel a fairly deep sense of loss, especially given everything that he assisted you with. And so now the question is, is what do you think, what do you think she would do? Lillian would probably want to find out what happened to Elias. Okay. So beyond the simple newspaper reports then? Yes. He assisted her with trying to figure out what happened at school. They met in Asia. She graduated. Yep. And um, he was writing one of his final books. Yes, she definitely wants to get to the bottom. Okay. It wasn't just a normal run-of-the-mill murder. So who would she go to? Would she go to the police? Would she go to the newspaper? Would she go to... Where is she going to expend her social energy? Well, knowing that her family's probably friends with most high-ranking officials. Her family's... Her family name is definitely known amongst mm-hmm. the people of New York. There's no doubt in that. I'd probably start at the... Or she would probably start at the police station. Personally or by phone? Personally. She's okay. that kind of girl. Sure. So you walk into uh, the police station that, uh, we'll say mid-morning, because I'm sure as a a woman of your stature, you don't necessarily get up super early in the morning because you have people do all those things for you. Uh, You walk into the police station, uh, one of the local police officers, beat officers who's there, opens the door for you, tips his hat to you. Ma'am, can I help you? Yes, I'm looking to speak to your sergeant. Hmm. Oh, oh, absolutely. Sergeant Finnegan, he calls out, and you see a man sitting behind a kind of a raised-up desk. It's a bit of a horseshoe shape, and there's uh, people passing by the desk back and forth. You see the sergeant um, kind of perk up a bit. What is it? Uh, you've got a visitor, sir. He, uh takes a passing glance at you and um, straightens his tie. Uh, send her over. Send her over. Right this way. You walk over to the desk. You have to kind of <laughs> stare up a bit because it's raised. You are uh, not necessarily the, the tallest person that we've had. And he looks down and says, uh, how can I help you, man? Or is it Miss? I don't want to presume. Ma'am is fine. Hmm. Sergeant, um, I'm looking for information on Mr. Elias' untimely death. 
Jackson Elias. Jackson Elias. You hear him whisper. Hmm. That would be Murder Squad. So that would be uh, Lieutenant Poole. Just give me one moment. And uh, your name? Lillian Lane. You see him stop for a second. Um, are, are you f- a family of the deceased or? Very good friend. Of course, of course, Miss Lane. If you would just take a seat, he points to the, uh, well, less than, say, reputable wooden bench. Has a few other folks milling about near it. I'll, I'll get uh, Lieutenant up here as soon as I can. Thank you. A couple of minutes pass and you see a... Uh, you see a little bit of a heavy set, 40-ish year old man. Uh, roughly clean shaven. Uh, kind of average, everyday working suit, hat, tie. He comes out and uh, walks over to you. Lieutenant Poole. Can I help you, ma'am? Lillian Lane. I was wondering what you could what you could tell me on uh, Mr. Jackson Elias's murder. He looks around the kind of open room. Uh, well, it's still being collected, of course. Uh, is there some place uh, we could talk? He kind of gestures to the office. He escorts you back towards his desk. Uh, you see that the kind of the, the room here has been divided into just desk after desk after desk. It kind of reminds you of newsrooms you've seen inside of or, or major office buildings you've seen. Uh, and there's people milling about. He walks you past his desk, which is pretty obvious because uh, there's a sign overhead that shows where Murder Squad sits at. And he walks you into a, what you think is more of like a, uh, a questioning room. It's a bunch of glass, blinds and whatnot. He shuts the door. We don't get a lot of people who... Uh, Come right in and direct. Can I get you some coffee or something? No, thank you. Okay. He sits down. Um, so, we're not really at liberty to discuss the case uh, and understand that you're a, a friend of Mr. Elias's, but you got to understand we're, we're still trying to investigate to find out who did it. There's no clear-cut answer there. Can you tell me about the markings on his body? I mean, <laughs> again, Miss Lane, I, I appreciate your in- inquiries, but we don't really uh, we don't really discuss case matters. Um, I'd be happy to place a call into your captain. Um, go ahead and give me a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be intimidate. Uh, you're being fairly direct. I'm gonna go ahead and bring this hammer down here. Uh, I'm just and I only say intimidate because that's the way you phrased it. <laughs> so if you had, you know, if you had tried to, ch- to charm Lieutenant, it might think things might have gone differently, but you seem to be very direct. So carry on and uh, give me a intimidate roll and you just need to roll directly under the skill. Okay. My first time rolling. If, no, you're good. Go ahead. So do I just roll my two mm-hmm. my percentage your, dice? Your percentage dice, yeah. Okay. It's okay. Just so what's your intimidate? Intimidate is 80. So you need to roll under an 80. Okay. Jesus. What? <laughs> Steely game. <laughs> What's that? I think I rolled, I rolled the wrong dice. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, well, there's just no way I got a 1,000. <laughs> no, you can't get a 1,000. That's no. not okay. 
Don't um, do that. I got a... I got an, an 18. That, that would be very good. Yes. Yes, 18. I get, I get 18. But so it's still close. a hard success, which means it's better than... <laughs> it's uh, it's much better than just an average roll. Uh, so you turn and kind of level your gaze at him, and you treat him like the minion he probably is. And when you mention his captain, he gets a little worried. And he kind of puts his, his hand up and says, oh, okay, okay, all right, uh, I, I appreciate your interest, Miss Lane, and we don't need to involve Captain Robinson at all in any of this. So, uh, listen, he gestures to the uh, chair at the desk. If you don't, if you don't mind, just take a seat. I'll, I'll tell you what I can. Uh, we believe that the markings that were put into Mr. Elias were akin to an African death cult. A cult of the bloody tongue, as I've been told. We don't know why he was murdered. We don't know who these people are. But what we do know is, is we've, we've got to figure out who they are and fast. So the African death it's, cult, it's the an black a, tongue? The bloody tongue. The bloody tongue. The cult of the black tongue is a completely different cult there. It's like, <laughs> it's like a licorice cult. Yes, actually. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I would spend more time with the cult of the bloody tongue than the cult of the, cult of the black tongue. Yeah, uh, because licorice God. is gross. <laughs> For all you licorice lovers out there, you should be ashamed. Um, so I don't mind licorice. Anyway. Um, licorice shaming. <laughs> it's the anus. Anyway, um, so he mentions that uh, he mentions to you that the funeral for Elias is tomorrow, Mr. Elias is tomorrow, at Cypress Hill Cemetery in Brooklyn. He imagines that you're going to attend. As soon as he knows more, he can let you know. I appreciate your honesty. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for your time. He uh, gets up and opens the door for you. Can I leave? Yeah. He looks a little shaky when you leave. Does your character carry, like, a ruler around? <laughs> she carries her family's money around. You're right. It's better than any ruler. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the money speaks volumes. Uh, and in, especially in the mid-20s, as things have started to roar at this point, uh, as far as, you know, coming out of the, the age that we came out of, uh, people who are rich get their way. And it's funny how that hasn't changed. Mm. Anyway, hmm. uh, <laughs> so what I'd like to do, unless there are any objections, is I would like to take us to the funeral. Unless there is something that the rest of the investigators are desperate to do that day. I'm happy to entertain it, but if not, I'd like to get to the funeral. If there's any place you'd like to look at, check out, no, desperately I think investigate. We said we, we were going to wait till after the funeral to go to the Juju house. Yeah. Which we, I thought we talked about not very many people going since the guy's dangerous. 
basically you and one other person to go with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, because I would know backup. what he's got. Yeah. I would take Mr. Doyle. Well, and really who wouldn't, right? He'll pick locks for me. Yeah, right. He would pick locks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will fast forward us to uh, the 17th. Okay. And uh, I guess what I'd like to know just is how are I know how you'll probably get there because you'll have either a car drive you or you'll I mean, yeah, you might drive yourself, but I you know, you, you, you have a you have a valet that can do it for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 2 p.m. January 17th, uh, you collectively find yourselves in Cypress Hill Cemetery in Brooklyn. Uh, it is still cold. It is still windy as you kind of walk through the cemetery towards where the... Snowy and icy? Uh, snowy, yes. Icy, no. Uh, in fact, it's... Uh, you can actually hear the snow crunch under your feet as you walk through uh, towards the burial area. Moving slowly, because this is not my favorite terrain. No, uh, I would not <laughs> imagine so. Uh, you do see a collected group of people there. There is a, a small group of people. Uh, there are some people that you recognize. So I'll just point them out just as we go. Lonnie, you recognize uh, nearby, although not at the funeral, but nearby, a collection of reporters. And one of the reporters that you recognize is Rebecca Schosenberg from the New York Times. Yes, I do recognize her. She is there, although not at the funeral, but she is close by. It seems as if, at least in this era, uh, the press, who is interested in talking to people at the funeral... They are keeping a respectful distance from the funeral. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't happen now. But right now. Jake, you recognize Carlton Ramsey. Uh, so he's there. He nods and comes over and shakes your hand. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming, Jack. Yes. Well, it was our friend. There are a couple of other people there. James and Tiff, you guys recognize Jonah Kensington. The uh, runner of Prospero House, mm-hmm. the publishing company. He's there. You also see, uh, Jake, you also see that there's a younger woman with Carlton. You don't know who she is. He has not introduced her. Uh, you see a, a priest and, uh, you know, it's a cemetery, so you see a hole. And you see undertakers who are standing by preparing for the cemetery. Uh, there are also a couple of other people here as well. Uh, so there's three gentlemen that are standing somewhat nearby. They're standing in the same area that Kensington was. Um, they're dressed as if they're going to a funeral. Uh, and then on the opposite side, so across the grave from them, there is a small but striking woman. She does not fit within the rest of this picture, as it were. Before the actual ceremony gets started and such, I, uh, the three gentlemen that are standing, I shake hands. I mean, you know, greet them, shake yeah. hands with them. They, uh, you know. thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you exchange the pleasantries that happened at a funeral. Mm-hmm. Beyond the hill, because this cemetery has a bit of a hill where he's being buried at. Beyond the hill, um, you see a car, a lone car with a, a man standing outside of it. This is probably a good 100 yards or so from the actual burial. Just from the hat and the shape of the person, 
Doctor, you're imagining that that's Lieutenant Poole. He has a relatively recognizable shape. Okay. He's gone a little Brian Dennehy in his old age. Ah, ah. As we all do. Right, right. a little bit. I give him a just a gentle elbow and a, a gesture up towards the top of the hill. That would be Lieutenant Poole. Hmm. That it would be. So with the wind still whipping around, um, you hear um, the, the priest kind of approach the gravesite, and he says to the small collected group, remember, it's no more than maybe eight or ten people total. Uh, and that's with that's with some of the people who are doing the, the lowering. Is the pre- it's Catholic? Yes. He folds his hands in front of the, the casket area, and... Uh, he says, I, I admit I did not know the deceased very well. I do know that he had friends. And from the stories that Mr. Kensington has shared with me and some of the others here, he did have people who cared about him. And he did show that care to others as best he could. And that is much of what we are asked to do on earth is to show that we care. Now, before I begin, would anyone like to say a few words for their friend, Jackson Elias? Kind of looks out over the crowd. See, Jonah, like, not push his way to the front, but he's he seems to be a man of business, and so it's really important that he talk. He uh, <clears throat> kind of smooths the rough edges of his curls uh, and beard a bit, and kind of tries to flatten out his suit a bit. Almost as if he's surprised that he's in front of people. Hmm. I had been through many things with Jackson. I'm sure some of you know that he was a well-versed author. And of course... All those manuscripts came through me. And so I bore the brunt of his craziness and whichever game he decided to play next in his publishing career. He was more than that. He was my friend. And maybe I was his doctor of a sorts. I don't know. We we spent a lot of time writing and talking to one another over the years. He, he uh, told me a tale of... Uh, coming out of a bar in London and hearing crazed stories from some of the people there and desperate to write them down and, and desperate to talk he always had something to say and I think that there are people like that in this world that when they speak there is no weight to their words that was not Jackson not at all I will miss him I hope you all do too he steps back. You see, the younger woman who was with Carlton is is weeping. She's not, um, you know, a complete mess, but she is weeping. The uh, priest kind of looks around, gestures outward to the rest of the crowd. I step forward. 
If it wasn't for Jackson Elias, I wouldn't be here. Uh, several of the people in attendance here, if it wasn't for Jackson Elias, we wouldn't be here. Uh, he was not only a man of letters, he was a man of great character. And he saved my life. I, I will never be able to repay that debt to him. And I only hope that whoever did this to him is found and punished. Anyone else? Hey, well. He says a very small prayer. Before he says the prayer, he notes that Jackson was not a religious man, but it is against his good Catholic faith to allow a man to pass in burial without a prayer to God. And so he delivers um, a stern reminder of what it means uh, to be a friend. And then gives the word to the cemetery men and they slowly bury him. And as is customary in many societies, uh, Carlton approaches the grave and picks up two handfuls of dirt and almost seems to try to crush them with his fists before he lets the dirt fall into the hole. He looks destroyed. Unequivocally destroyed. It's at this point that the woman next to him loses it. And he returns to her and they kind of walk a little bit beyond the gravesite. Follow suit with the handful of dirt. Yeah. And I as well. Step to the side. Once everyone's done. Oh, anybody else? No, I'm just observing politely since I don't believe in a lot of the uh, goings-ons. Well, I mean, it's a papist ceremony. It's not... I'm respectful, yet, sure. you know. Any uh, Anything from your character, Morty? Grab some of the grave character. Yes. Later. <laughs> she walks over to the grave and she tosses one of his books into the grave. Okay, that's a very strange action, but interesting. <laughs> I lean over to see what book not <laughs> Really? <laughs> what book is that? Okay, okay. Mark this plot for later. <laughs> I don't have the copy of that, so we're going to swap that out real quick. It's, it's signed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's at this point, the three men who were standing near Jonah, Compton, and very similarly cast a handful of dirt into the grave, and then um, they... Uh, seem to have a word amongst themselves and just for a moment and then kind of again walk beyond their gravesite. Um, I want to approach the uh, diminutive woman. Okay. Uh, Lillian, a man in a suit and a fedora approaches you. Ma'am. Sir? You a friend of uh, Mr. Elias? I was. Are you? Yes, we... uh... We've been on an expedition together in Peru. We met in Asia. We had uh, been invited out to talk to him about uh, another investigation he was in, in the middle of. Would you, would you happen to know anything about that? Perhaps. It's just we're... I'm just 
look, kind of looking into the details of his uh, demise. You're not the only one. Well, the police and thought maybe you would know something. I don't know. The hill is invaded is the wrong word. As the as it seems to disperse from around the gravesite, you see three or four people from the uh, parking area, the street, the not street so much, but the little road that winds through the cemetery. They begin approaching the hill. The clutch of reporters. Yes, yeah. those are absolutely pressed. There's no, there's no doubt about it because Rebecca Schosenberg is amongst them. Pack of hyenas. Excellent. I would like to uh, move a bit closer to uh, Mr. Kensington. Okay. You move closer to Jonah? Yeah. I want to be able to hear um, they talk to. Uh, it appears that Jonah is going to do his level best to Not talk avoid to them. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas many people, as they see the press approach, seems to either stay or wait or go left or right just because they don't want to be anywhere near them, Jonah does the exact opposite. He bowls directly through them with this uh, woman in tow no no the woman is with carlton ramsey oh that's right um and they're they're fairly close behind jonah but he's trying to give the woman a, a moment um yeah but some but the thing that what, what jonah's action does is actually pulls a bunch of those reporters along with him mm-hmm. and it's only rebecca that approaches you. Mm-hmm. Madam? Mr. Forsyth? I won't ask you for any statement. That's not really what I'm here for. I just... The paper has to cover it, of course. Of course. He's a well-known man. The you paper s- of record should reflect that. We are the paper of record. Who are your friends? Uh, uh, these are my associates from Chicago. Uh... Dr. Tottenbach, uh, Ms. O'Shea, uh, Mr. Doyle's over there. Hmm. Okay. I don't mind. I don't mind cultivating this resource. She was incredibly helpful. Sure. And, sir. Oh, yes. Uh, and her? She points to this, you know, somewhat diminutive woman. I have no idea. <laughs> she, um, Wait, she would probably know. Morgan's character's back is turned to her because ah. she's talking to, to Jack, so uh-huh. she can't see who she is. Okay, I was gonna say, if there's one person here she would know, right? That would be her, probably. Uh, so, what are you doing, Jack? Oh, uh, forgive me. Uh, my name's Jack Doyle, private investigator out of Chicago. I'm Lillian Lane. Pleasure to meet you. I wish it could be under better circumstances. Yes. So, information. Yes. Um, I'd be willing to share what I know if you're would share what you know. Cool. Well, I, I think we could arrange something. Not here. No, of course not. Um, obviously, we're strangers to the city. Uh, is there some place you would like to meet? Somewhere where there's coffee. Could be just about anywhere. Yeah. There's a diner across from the Hotel Gerard that you know of that yeah. maybe it's other people good. are on. It's a little bit lower class for this. Best, best coffee on the block. 
Um, are you going to join the rest of your fellows? Because what? the doctor actually passes you. He's going doctor. up the hill. Doctor, let you meet Miss Lange, the friend of uh, Mr. Elias. Guten Tag, Fräulein. I'm Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach. Doctor of? General Medicine. Nice to meet you, Doctor. Nice to meet you, as a matter. If you'll excuse me, one moment. We were all, uh, me and my compatriots were all on the expedition of Peru. I will probably really? follow the yes. doctor simply you? because I want to make Game sure he doesn't real. accidentally uh, we fall were over. part of an expedition <laughs> okay. looking for a um, lost pyramid. And did you find that pyramid? Yes, apparently we did. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah. You don't remember seeing this pyramid? Um... It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> Jack, you hear from down the hill. Mm. You see Carlton's Rams waving you forward. Well, yes. Um, when would you like to meet? Tomorrow? Ten? Uh, yes, that'll work. Okay. I look forward to meeting with you and your compatriots. Very good. What are you doing, Miss Lane? Are you leaving? Oh, I'm leaving. Okay. Um, when... You turn around and walk back down the hill towards your valet, uh, who of course is waiting patiently. Lonnie, you're going up the hill. Yeah, with I'm following the doctor. And you pass this woman, and as you pass this woman, it's she's very striking, so it's difficult to not right pay her some attention. When you do, like, and as she continues to walk by, you see Rebecca's pencil like fall out of her hand, and then she picks it up, uh, and then she turns around and starts walking down the hill after. Lily, after this this small lady. Excuse me, Miss Lane. Hang on, hang on. One minute. How did you know Jackson Elias? You see this young, fresh-faced, kind of curly-haired reporter. She has a pad in her hand, and she's super, super interested to talk to you. How did you How did you know Jackson Elias? And you are? Uh, Rebecca Schosenberg. I'm uh, from the New York Times. Nice to meet you, Lillian Lane. Yes, no, I'm aware of who you are, ma'am. I knew him from... We- we met in Asia several years back. Really? Yes. Oh. On one of your many trips, I imagine? One of my many trips. Mm. Mm. Nice of you to uh, to show up here at the funeral. It's, I'm sure that was it, you would have appreciated that. I would hope so. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, are, you, uh, are you interested in, in uh, how it all happened? Are you trying to figure out uh, how it all happened? It was just a random murder. It unfortunately happens. Hmm. Interesting. And it's a great loss to the educational community. Hmm. Yes, uh, Mr. Elias was a prolific author. He, he, indeed he was. Indeed he was. She seems to kind of mentally stumble over the part when you mention that the murder is random. She seems to stop and, like... She kind of turns a bit mentally. You can see her kind of think a little bit. Do you have something that you want to say? I I was just very interested. A quote for the paper, maybe? It's a great loss for us. Hmm. He's a wonderful person. A little eccentric. You hear a whoosh. A whoosh that you've heard before. And you hear another one. And you see flashes from the side as reporters have now figured out that you're here and they're now taking pictures. 
Ma'am, I have to take my leave. It was nice talking to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. She kind of folds up her notebook and your valet opens the door for you and you get in and... Doctor, you head up the hill to see Lieutenant Poole. <coughs> Doctor. Detective Poole. Doing well? As well as can be expected? As well as can be expected on a day like this. It is cold. It is quite cold. And mm. of course the reason why we're all here is most unpleasant. I just wanted to come up and offer my condolences. Oh, you have to be here outside with such a place at such a time. You know, to be honest, Doctor, I'm really more here now out of interest. Really? I mean, we don't get a whole lot of funerals that Lillian Lane shows up to. Who? Uh, the small woman there. Uh, hey. She's just driving off in the car there. Ah, yes. The striking little frown. Mm. Yes. She was quite nice. A bit, yeah. a bit abrupt. Yeah. But that's fine. Her f- she comes from a very rich family, um, exceedingly so. Good for her. Uh, I say good work if you can get it. She was evidently friends with Jackson Elias. Evidently. Otherwise, she is in a very wrong place at the very wrong time. Uh, the reason I mention it, given our conversation in the diner... Yeah. Uh, she mentioned getting Captain Robeson involved if I didn't give her information on the case. Oh... Well, Which your captain involved would not be a good idea from what you told me. I don't think so. Well, Detective Poole, I guarantee you I will uphold my end of the promise. If we hear anything at all, we will share with you. Don't do that As long as you, in turn, tend to hold up your end of the promise. The two-way street, right? Indeed. Otherwise, we are running into each other, right? Uh, a good day. Mr. Forsyth? Um... Uh, Yes, uh, it makes sense, though, that Jackson would know rich women, or rich people in general. Um, someone rich has to fund these expeditions. He goes to ladies. <laughs> it's true. Jackson has a reputation. He's a bit of a fop, yes. No, no, I'm kidding. He was not that. Uh, that you know of. But that no, you know definitely, of. definitely, um, you know, people people have to fund expeditions. You don't do it out of your own pocket. That's true. That's very true. He does have some uh, material. He's using you for your money, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so collectively... The, the lieutenant gets in the car, bids his adieus, drives off. Carlton and the the rest of you, minus Lily, of course, uh, kind of collect near the bottom of the hill. And he says, I need you to come by the office. I need you to come by Monday. Okay. Because I'm legally obligated to read his will. You'll need to be there. All of you. I had not uh, oh, okay. realized that. Who else is here? Just us? Yeah, just you. Just yeah. us. Yeah. Not, Kensington not. has left. The three other gentlemen that were standing by Kensington have kind of, they've kind of stirred a bit there at the hill, but they're not. They're talking amongst themselves. They're not really involving anybody else. Right. Jonah's left by now, by the way. Uh, when the last time I saw Jackson, he stopped into the office. He made a. A change to his will. He it must have been a day or so before you found them in the hotel room. 
Really? Yeah. He must have known something was going to happen. Or feared it anyway. I have to let you hear it from him. Do, Do you know what he was working on? What I know is at the end there, he was... It felt like he was talking crazy. He was talking about... I heard stuff like worldwide conspiracies. I heard people were chasing him. I heard people weren't chasing him. I heard everything was fine. I heard a thousand different stories. It was like each story was its own person and each one had its own face. And he drifted there at the end between which story was true and which story wasn't. Kind of sounds like a man at his ends. Sounds like perhaps he was trying to protect people too, maybe. Well, that's pretty much what his note said, and Kensington pretty much said the same thing. He and Jonah go way back. I mean, it's not like he and I did neither, but, you know, it's it's, uh, the... Working with the publisher directly like that is uh, something that most folks don't do, but... It was way to one way for him to get books out, that's for sure. I've got some other people I've got to inform. Yeah, um, what time would you like us there? 8 a.m. We'll be there. All right. The uh, younger woman that he's that he's got with him, she's probably late teens, maybe early 20s. This is uh, Willis Lai. It's my niece. Yeah. She used to... Uh, Jackson used to tell her stories when he would come into the office. My condolences. She wipes her eyes again. I can't believe he's gone. <clears throat> we are also having a hard time believing that he's gone. Yeah. I believe it. I don't... uh, I don't know what happened in room 410, but I just know the outcome. I did manage to find something. He dropped it in an envelope. Must have been when he dropped off the change to his will. You can keep it, though. I think I would like to. We'd like to speak to you in a very in a more private situation when we get a chance. Well, it's just going to be the affected parties at my office on Monday. It will just be us and two people that aren't here now. Well, afterwards, maybe I'll uh, take you aside. We I want to discuss something with you. Let's just say we we might know a little bit more about what happened. It's just. You and I and the bodies here, so. If I may, if I may um, who are these two people who aren't in attendance? You mean that aren't here right now? Yes. Well, one of them is Jonah Kensington. Okay. Jonah's named in the will. Okay. The other one was just here. Lillian Lane. I said back around. She didn't see it. You're not here. <laughs> You're not there. Lillian Lane. Lillian Lane. Oh, um, yes. Uh, you, can make a, you can make a um, 
I'll have you make a credit rating roll if anyone wants to wants to potentially learn a little bit more about Lillian Lane. You can make a credit rating roll. I could. I do that. That seems fun. I actually made that. Wow. Cool. I did not. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I probably don't. My credit? I know nothing about you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, uh, oh, the... I got a seven. Jesus. Okay, here's here's how... Did you get it as well? No, I'm, no. I was just the young lady who was here. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so the two of you uh, here to my left and to my right, uh, you know the Lane family. Uh, the head of the Lane family right now is Matthew Lane. Uh, he is an art collector, and he is a thoroughbred racehorse breeder and general equestrian. Uh, his art collection is well over 135 pieces in an enormous mansion outside of Philadelphia. Uh, he came to his money via his grandfather, who uh, supplied rail and hardware to feed the Union Army during the Civil War. That's how. Oh, yes. He came to this money a long time ago and then basically took that money, bankrolled it into art, and his son picked up that and has been buying and selling art to uh, basically just continue to generate wealth uh, as he's gone. And the. If you. I would say you'd know because you're more of a newspaper reader and more of a. more a reader of. journals and volumes and texts and stuff like right. that not a book reader like miss o'shea is right um book the the lane family in 1918 was listed as one of the top 20 richest families in the united states yeah so money with a capital m yeah is all over her name yeah uh definitely definitely funding expeditions <laughs> so we know that uh, this... That's what they call it nowadays. The funeral has ended. They have and are continuing to pile uh, dirt onto the hole. Ladies and gentlemen, I see no particular reason to stay here and, and finish this particular ceremony. Can we retire to the hotel? I find that idea to be most suitable, but that would give my leg... Out of this wind. And out of the snow. Yeah. Because uh, it didn't actually, there is no actually shoveled path to get up here. No. You had to trudge through the snow to get here. Yeah. So. I'll begin the slow trudge back to the car. <laughs> um, there are a couple of, um, those couple of gentlemen that still linger as you guys pass towards, uh, I would assume that you're going to have to get out of the cemetery and call a taxi. Mm-hmm. I actually flag a taxi down. I'll basically say, uh, hello, you were friends of Jackson's? Yeah, oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, the One of the men, kind of in a very quick tone, rapid voice. Uh, he has a bit of a longer brown beard. He has spectacles. Uh, he's The cut of his suit is a little different than ones you're used to seeing. It's still a suit. Is it more like ones I'm used to seeing? Yes, it is definitely English. Actually, all three of them are. Right. Uh, yes, uh, we were, all of us were literary friends of his. A pleasure to meet you. Yes, oh. uh, he reaches out, extends his hand. Mr. Holmes. Uh, my name is Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence? Oh, uh, what? Uh, uh, Scott Dorward. And he moves to the left here with his hand. This is um, 
Professor Paul Fricker. And then that man there, Matthew Sanderson. They all nod and introduce themselves. We were just, just like you, good friends of Jackson Elias. Oh, uh, has an obvious English accent. Absolutely. I'm not doing it because I wouldn't do it justice. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite a trip. We were here uh, stateside for uh, a meeting in Providence, and uh, we heard, and then uh, we were on the first train up. Mm. We were lucky that uh, Jonah was able to reach us. Right, uh, yeah. I mean, fortuitous that you were in the States when... Well, we've been here for a couple of weeks now, actually. Were you, were you working with Jackson? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, not directly on anything I've... We had a couple of uh, contemporaries, uh, Miriam Atright at uh, Miskatonic, and then uh, we were down in Providence at Brown doing some work for them. Had you uh, spoken to Jackson in the last couple of weeks? Oh, not in a year or more. That's too bad. No, we didn't. Uh, Jonah said that he'd come back to New York by way of London. We hadn't, and we wouldn't. We wouldn't have been able to, to meet him there either. Mm. Unfortunate. Yes, the whole so, thing is dreadful. Well, it was a uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Unfortunately, in the circumstances. Yes, may our uh, may we not forget these days. Indeed. The three of them kind of move basically down the same footpath that you'll end up going down. They get to uh, the main street outside the cemetery. They flag a cab and then kind of all package themselves into this cab. And then head on down the way. I got one. I got two names, but I didn't get the third one. Scott, um, Samuelson, Matthew, and Paul. Paul. Scott Dorwood. Paul Fricker. Fricker. Matthew Sanderson. Oh, Matthew. You collect yourselves. You head back to the Hotel Girard. Mm. Yes. Yes. And at the Hotel Girard, you get a chance to exhale. You finally feel the cold leave your bones. It isn't until after a few drinks and maybe a sit a bit at the roaring fire. Um, but you do finally get the cold to leave your bones. Miss um, Lane, you return to your New York apartment and begin plotting your next step. Before you get your dinner, there is your phone rings. Hello. Miss Lane? Yes. This is Carlton Ramsey. I am Jackson Elias' lawyer. Ms. Ramsey? I am legally bound to ask for your presence Monday the 18th at my office. For? The reading of Jackson Elias' will. I will be there. Wonderful. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Ramsey. Small edit. Yeah. Today is the 17th, right? Oh, 19th, sorry. Yep. yep. So, 19th. We'll just I'll still be there. retcon yeah. that out. You'll be there both days. <laughs> okay, and I am going to pull our curtain down at this point, and we will come back and see you all next week. I want to thank everybody for listening and sharing. I would request, if you listen to us on iTunes, that you give us a review. iTunes reviews are really super helpful. Help and then, us help you. Right, right. <laughs> help us help you. The show is free. It will always be free. Uh, and I think that's our commitment to you, our listeners. And so with that, I wish you a good night.